oftentimes like you said we have outcome-based goals and then you look at the statistics and I think it's like I've read different things I've read 80% drop their resolutions by February I've read higher like 96% so never really know but the point is that there is a significant amount of people who are dropping their outcome-based resolutions pretty early on into the year and why is that and oftentimes I always talk about intention because I'm like okay it's awesome to set this outcome-based goal for yourself or there's nothing wrong here and there with vanity metrics and wanting that but where is the intention behind it and I read this quote in Think Like a Monk I don't have it sitting with me right now but the book Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty and he was talking to his guru when he was at the monastery and the guru was talking about so he had recited and and memorized a lot of these like old scriptures from Buddhism and Hinduism and Jay Shetty was like I really want to do that like I'll do that one day and the guru basically asked him like what is your intention behind doing this is it to say that you have and that's it or is it to go through the process of having learned the scripture what happens in between is all about the awkward middle phase of entrepreneurship you know after you've taken your first steps but before you can live off your passion join me athena as i learn from other emerging creators about the tactical and emotional methods they use to keep moving forward after the initial excitement of following your dreams meets the reality of following your dreams. Let's get into it. Today, I have Nista Dubé, who is a law of attraction and mindset coach and a dear internet friend of mine. Hi, Athena. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Excited to be here. Can you give a little bit of background on yourself? Yes. So my name is Nista. I am 22, turning 23 next month. Yeah, as Athena said, I am a mindset coach. I've always been really passionate about helping people just achieve whatever it is they want growing up. I've always been like the pep talk friend in friend groups, and I never really thought about how I could translate that into a full-time career until last year when the pandemic hit and it was my last couple months of college. And I was just really thinking about how I would be able to make like the most impactful difference in the world. The more I thought about that, the more I realized it was to have a platform where I could influence and inspire a bunch of people to just truly do whatever it is that they feel called to. And so I started posting content on TikTok, on YouTube, started making a podcast, and then it eventually turned into actual sessions. So now I do one-on-one coaching sessions with people, honestly, all over the world with a variety of age ranges and demographics. And it's really cool just seeing people actually go after what they want, whether it be a personal or professional goal. So it's really rewarding. And yeah, I'm just enjoying honestly exploring the branding world and finding myself along the way. And we talked about this a little bit off air, but what is your focus for the quarter? Yeah. So just, I guess this upcoming 2021 few months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this, I mean, I think we were just talking about this, but obviously I feel like I haven't even shared this side of myself a lot in the past year. And I have a lot of friends who are like, I didn't know you did this, but writing has always been a part of me. And I've always really enjoyed expressing myself through words. And I actually have funny, a writing Instagram, but I don't really, I don't know. I don't know why I don't talk about it. I think it's something that I've pushed so far back. And I always just would say kind of like offhandedly, like, yeah, I'll write a book one day, but I never really followed through with it. And so I guess something exciting is that I'm really committing to that. And hoping that I can have it out within the next month. So stay tuned for Because Words Touch Beyond the Skin. That is my poetry book that will be out hopefully in the following weeks. It's so funny that you say uh, you never followed through with it. You're 
22 years old. <laughs> like, the, you know I what I mean? <laughs> the reason I feel, I and I literally was having a conversation with my friend the other day and he was like, dude, you're 22, chill out. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the reason I feel that way is because literally since I was in like second or third grade, I would write pages and pages and I would draft stories and novels and my mom and my teachers would read them and be like, you need to publish this. Like, this is really good. And it was always a thing. And I think thinking back to those memories, it feels like another era of my life. So I'm just like, what took me so long? Because, you know, the, the things that I'm publishing in this first book that's coming up are things that I've just kind of written here and there across the past couple of years or so. So it's always a thought of like, what if I had just done that consistently growing up and I hadn't lost sight of that in like high school or college by all the noise. But I think that's also just a part of my journey. And I was meant to learn through going you know, through experiences that weren't entirely aligned with me. So mm-hmm. always got to stay more grateful than regretful. And I think that's something that I'm definitely trying to learn as I move forward. Yeah. So speaking of noise, what what are some things that you do that keep you in tune with yourself? And like when you're encountering, especially now, when you're just encountering so many, I want to say objects, <laughs> they feel like spiritual objects, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, what do you do to just like disconnect externally so you can connect internally? I, I love this topic and I can't stop talking about it, but a huge thing for me is just putting away my phone. And I think that's something that a lot of us talk about, but I can't explain how much clarity I attain and how grounded I feel when I'm just not on any form of social media even with you know the things that have been going on in the world right now even if those just aren't things that come up on my for you page on tiktok or on my instagram feed it's still the energy of people posting about their days and honestly culminates over the hours that you're scrolling it's the energy and the you know subconscious thoughts that people have that carry into what they post on social media and it very much is an energy transfer so that's one thing i personally I'm not a fan of cold weather, but I've been taking walks more in the winter. I, I usually take a ton in the summertime, but I've been forcing myself to take more walks in the winter and like kind of befriend the cold weather, if you will. And it's been nice, like just, I guess, disconnecting from even like the the confines of my house, which like my parents are in, I'm in, and that can get noisy too sometimes. So just being able to get in nature a little bit. Journaling, I talk about journaling a lot. I think just like certain prompts of questions that you don't really ask yourself can be really helpful. Things like, what is a habit that I want to let go of this year? That's not really something that we ever just sit and ask ourselves. You know, we might think about it here and there. We might do certain things in conversations or, you know, perpetuate certain behavior patterns and relationships and friendships that we know bother us, that we know we're not proud of. But oftentimes we don't take the time to sit down and be like, what will it take for me to actually release this? And what would that mean to let go of that? So certain journaling prompts that challenge myself, I really like to do as well. And I think it allows for further clarity. So I think those would be my top three that in 2020 really helped. First, I want to touch on what you said about like things you want to let go of. I find that I'm still working on the wording of this, but it's sort of like negative space and or like passive goals where you're letting go of something as opposed to trying to achieve something. I found that those types of goals are a nice way to ease into building trust with yourself. 
because often the more active goals or the more outcome-based goals, it's hard to stay consistent with that. And if you're not familiar with like setting up the systems for that kind of thing, then you, you might end up disappointing yourself. But for me, the first time that I achieved a goal, like a year long goal was because I chose to stop doing something as opposed to trying to start something else. And so I think that space is really important and really under talked about, like not talked about enough. Yeah. That's powerful. And hearing you talk. Yeah. So I guess there's two ways I can respond with that too, because I just on Instagram a week ago posted about intention setting over like resolution or goal setting. Literally, I think it highlights this point really well, because oftentimes, like you said, we have outcome based goals. And then you look at the statistics. And I think it's like, I've read different things. I've read 80% drop their resolutions by February. I've read higher, like 96%. So Mm -hmm. never really know. But the point is that there is a significant amount of people who are dropping their outcome-based resolutions pretty early on into the year. And why is that? And oftentimes I always talk about intention because I'm like, okay, it's awesome to set this outcome-based goal for yourself or there's nothing wrong here and there with vanity metrics and wanting that, but where is the intention behind it? And I read this quote in Think Like a Monk. I don't have it sitting with me right now, but the book Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And he was talking to his guru when he was at the monastery and the guru was talking about so he had recited and and memorized a lot of these like old scriptures from Buddhism and Hinduism. And Jay Shetty was like, I really want to do that. Like, I'll do that one day. And the guru basically asked him, like, what is your intention behind doing this? Is it to say that you have and that's it? Or is it to go through the process of having learned the scripture? And that was so powerful for me because I was like, what if everyone just stepped back and asked themselves, like, what is my purpose behind this goal? And so I think that the intention setting reframe can be really impactful for some people. And then, yeah, just hearing you talk about negative space, I'm like, this past week, I decided to commit to putting my book out into the world, which is something that, as I said, I've been pushing off for like years. And the only way that I got myself to do that was by taking a step back from the hardcore business stuff, as I was telling you off air, like not thinking so much about like the numbers or how many like leads I want to attract this month or packing my week with coaching calls back to back, but just giving myself space. That was enough for me to understand like there is something in me that's, that's calling me. And it was more of my creative side than my entrepreneurial side. And to actually tap into that, which is something that I've been ignoring for very long. Cause I guess there's still a part of me that expects to have outcome-based results to show people or productivity-based results to be able to say, I did this. And I think being able to understand that that maybe just not, it isn't the right time for that right now is something that I think can help a lot of people too, like accepting where your energy is at a certain frame or time frame and understanding how to follow through with that with actions. Yeah. The reason that I asked about the quarter as opposed to the year is because I have my goals for the year, but what I'm realizing is the quarter is that sweet spot where it's like, perhaps like the most my brain can stretch into the future, like tangibly, as well as it's so compact that I know I can get enough done in like 90 or 92 days, right? And I've been experiencing a similar thing where I I had like income goals for November and December, and I reached them to a degree, but then like reevaluating like what am I trying to do right now? I realized for this quarter 
income is not the thing that I'm focused on. And that pushes, you know, my like entrepreneurial things a little bit to the side. And I'm also focusing on writing and just trying to understand better what is the point of anything. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Ongoing process. No, (laughs) I actually think that's that but so when you first asked me that question it definitely threw me off because I was like I've never been asked that like mm-hmm. to just think you know hey what's your goal for the next couple months I was like I haven't even asked that to people because I'm always like oh 2021 what are you trying to do this year mm-hmm. and so yeah that's another reframe that I really want to think about and start like bringing up more in conversation because I think that thinking of November right now who knows how much can change like the pandemic hit us and turned the world upside down a whole 180 within weeks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you never know yeah it's also it's interesting because a year can be quite long if you want it to be like one of the things that I want to do is to restart my YouTube channel I'm not gonna think about that until at the earliest August you know? Yeah. And so it kind of makes no sense for me. Like when people ask me what's up for 2021, I'm kind of like, I could bring this up, but I won't be making any active action towards this until yeah. then. So there's no reason for me to even think about it. There's no point. Yeah. 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 Don't let it even take up your mental space. That's mm-hmm. wow. Like the more that we're going into this conversation, the more things are resonating with me because I'm like, I have different types of projects that I've thought about for the year, but my energy is just not calling me to some of them at all to the point where I don't want to entertain them. Mm -hmm. And so that's really like validating for me to hear someone else sharing that. Yeah. I'm kind of really big into just simply ignoring most things from an internal and an external perspective, because really I'll speak for myself because I once had a friend (laughs) who was I think reading and listening to a podcast or something like this. And I was like, oh, we, our brains can't really do that. Well, you're doing both of these things at a suboptimal level. They truly cannot. Yeah. I know. But he was like, your brain can't. And I was like, all right, William, I'll leave you to it. Not like the studies like show it or anything, but it's. No, no, no. Science Um, doesn't that. Right. But I've just been thinking a lot about like, okay, realistically, I think I can focus on three things three of my own personal things outside of life administration, such as, you know, taking care of this body that I exist in (laughs) and my job that is not my coaching. So it's like, really, we should just be, I think we should have a better practice. We as society, we should have a better practice and rhetoric around focusing on something for a short period of time to the detriment of other things. I think there's a little bit too much like stuffing, just trying to get it all happening now. It's like. Definitely. I definitely would say I am a victim of that mentality. I was last year and I Mm -hmm. like didn't have time for myself for my, well, I had time for myself because I chose to make time for myself, but I, I really didn't make time for friends because it was like, what's the next thing? And I do think that was a little bit of the excitement and thrill and momentum I had from starting a brand because it's so Mm -hmm. new and it's so novel and you are exposed to so many things. Like even meeting you guys at Akimbo, I'm like, this is incredible. I want to do everything. And I know like back when, I guess I'll be open about this because I don't have anything to conceal, but like you Mm -hmm. were on a meeting with me and a few other people from Emerging Leaders and we were talking about a potential startup. And I I wanted to mention that with you and I'm comfortable with talking about it on air, but like 
we decided that this just was not the right time. And we were working so hard on that. Like week by week, we were having calls with a lot of the people we were doing the market research survey. And then it was like a, a month or so ago. And I'm like, we just like, this is not the right time. Like, obviously we're passionate about it and we want to make it work, but at what cost? Because I was mm -hmm. losing sleep. I was losing time with my parents. I was losing time with my friends. And I felt like my, my purpose was definitely calling me to a certain place. And this startup idea that we had was a little bit outside of that. It was just another thing that I wanted to put into the world. But I was like, I, truly at what cost? So it's one yeah. of those conversations that I had with, you know, the partner that I was going to do it with. And we both were like, let's just give it a couple of years. Let's figure ourselves out. We're both still navigating what our role in society is. And that's also ever changing. So yeah, we decided to like really not move forward with that anytime in the near future. And I can't explain how much lighter I feel stepping back from that one, stepping back from a lot of the intense, like coaching back to back calls too, to just have that time for myself. And now literally just be writing every day, um, which if you told me six months ago, yeah, Nista, in January of 2021, you're just going to be like writing poetry all the time. I'd be like, there's no way. Like I would have called myself unproductive in a sense. Mm -hmm. And now I can't explain how much more like thoughtful I feel my, my content is mm -hmm. because I'm just relaxed and I'm making more time for friends now and I'm hanging out with my parents and putting my phone away more. So that brings me to this beast of branding and marketing in general. So I too have been really putting my phone away a lot. Like every Saturday, I just don't even turn it on much to the dismay of some people who want to reach out to me on Saturdays. Sorry, guys. But, Wait till Sunday. Yeah, like I just, I need, I, it makes, every time I look at my phone, my brain feels less agile. Just like every single time. However, especially in this time, uh, I don't mean COVID, I just mean the internet age, I guess. A lot of ways that you can get leads, for instance, is from being on social media. And you told me like a long time ago, your first client came from literally TikTok. And it's like, okay, this thing, this platform, Instagram or TikTok or insert, whatever, needs me to be here kind of every day. Or that's what we're told, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to kind of show up consistently. Right. 21 touches of marketing before anyone acts on what you do, right? I have two questions about this. The first is, how are you managing your branding, your marketing aspect of things while also trying to spend less time focused on that? And then I'll ask the second question after you answer that. Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's something that I've honestly been struggling to find like that balance because sometimes there's that feeling of, you know, so this is something I do every day. I don't turn on my phone for the first hour after I wake up and I've been trying to put it away before I sleep, but it's not been working out. So I'm not going to act like I do that. But every time I take walks and I work out, it's not with me. That's just a thing. If I leave my house and I'm walking, I just don't take my phone unless for whatever reason that day I'm like, I want to make like a little video of me walking outside in nature and post it on TikTok, then I'll bring it with me. But it's hard because sometimes like if I am not really on it in the morning, like that first hour, my brain's already like, oh no, like what if my designer texted me something about the website or what if this person is reaching out to me to reschedule a call because I know that sometimes when I do turn on my phone after that first hour it's like a 
bombard of texts and mm-hmm. all these like things that I have to follow up with that sometimes when I wake up in the morning, my mind's already there. My mind's already like, okay, forget the gratitude for a second. Like when is my first call for the day? Cause yeah, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to wake up every morning and be like, I am truly so happy and grateful for another day. And they tell you to do that, but it's, it's all, I feel like it adds like this unnecessary pressure and it almost can sometimes lean in a toxic positivity. I used Mm -hmm. to say that too. If you go on my TikTok and look at my old post, there's definitely part of my morning routine. I would talk about saying three things you're grateful for. And I try and do that every morning still, but there are definitely mornings where I'm just not in the best mood. And I will you know, try and check through those things in my mind, but I'm not in a mental place to like sit and meditate and be there. Um, And maybe that's something I have to work on, but it's, it's definitely difficult finding that balance. So what I've been doing is, and I think this is something that I've naturally been doing since I started branding, but it's like this idea of like conscious productivity or like conscious posting. Mm -hmm. So I tend to make videos on TikTok when I truly like have an idea for a video. It's very random. Like if you look at my videos, it's not like I'm in front of a backdrop and a ring light in every single one. I'll literally and sometimes be in my car or I'll be walking outside or I'll be on my desk or just about to go to bed. Like I'm not looking the best. It's very random. And I think that there's so much beauty in posting when a thought just naturally hits you and you're like, I want to get this out into the world as opposed to necessarily like planning out your post for the day and being like, all right, here's my fourth video idea for the day. I'm going to do it at 8 p.m. because I know that's like peak prime time, whatever. I honestly don't really follow that. And there's nothing wrong for people who are naturally planners and like going for those like more systematic ways of putting media and content out there. That's just not for me. I think I'm just very much of a go with the flow type of person. And there are days where I just won't post on TikTok multiple days in a row. And ideally you should be posting like two to six times a day. And then the same goes for Instagram. Like ideally you should be posting videos and stories every single day and content like multiple times throughout the week. But sometimes I'll post just like a, a picture once a week on Instagram. And I've had people tell me like, you need to, you need to post more but I'm not going to force it. So I think that's one thing about me that allows me to, I guess, navigate that balance a little bit more easily. It's that I've never forced myself to post if I've not truly been intentional about whatever I'm trying to get out there. So it definitely helps. And then um, I think the last thing that I would say is just like the earlier you wake up, the less stressed you feel about the things that have are going to come up. So I noticed that like the whole one hour a day and putting my phone away thing that stresses me out if I'm already waking up late, because then I'm like, I feel like I've lost time and I shouldn't be off my phone for the first hour. I should start thinking about work. So I would just say for anyone trying to navigate that balance, Jay Shetty talks about this too and ways to be more productive, but he says, wake up two hours before when you naturally wake up. So you have all of this time to like do the mindfulness practices, do the gratitude, feel the gratitude in essence just sit with yourself and then you can transition into work. So definitely something I'm trying to work on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, what I've done for probably several years at this point, because I actually hate waking up with an alarm, like it gives me anxiety, <laughs> is that I just schedule everything to any sort of external, what's the word, like demand. It's going to come three hours, uh, two to three hours after the latest I tend to wake up, which tends to be around right now, like eight. But I tend to wake up earlier than that so I can get through my my 
internal like morning routine as well as my personal projects before I start doing things for other people. Um, but yes, I think the, the space in the morning is really, really important. Yeah. And I remember you posted something on LinkedIn about like, was it doing push-ups? Or yeah. Yeah. There's some exercise and I want, yeah. Talk <laughs> about that. I love burpees. I'm truly obsessed Ooh. with them. I wish I could be like that. I did some last night cause I was just like uh-huh. working for way too long, but I would not be able to do that first thing in the morning. Yeah. So I, I just, it's, I well for that. me, I, I don't remember when this started exactly, but it, it was sometime during the pandemic, but I saw this, uh, cool woman on Instagram who does like who teaches kickboxing to one of my favorite comedians (laughs) and so she was doing a like 100 burpees in 100 seconds type of challenge or something like this okay and I was like that's crazy I probably like can I do that and then I tried it one time and basically what happened was around burpee seven I was like I hate this I I despise what's happening right now. This feels terrible. I can feel all the lactic acid happening. And this is like my thought process up until burpee 20. And then all of a sudden I had this like huge, like boost in energy. Um, And I, I felt like my brain waves were changing in that moment. Uh, I don't do a hundred burpees in the morning. Let's start there. (laughs) Let me make that clear. I do not do 100 burpees in the morning. That's not me. But I like to do uh, between 7 and 12 burpees because, one, I think the body needs to move in the morning to get blood circulating after being, you know, laying down for 8 to 10 hours or so. And, two, it's just like it's kind of funny. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It makes me laugh that I do burpees and I start the day with this thing where like, you know, I do four or whatever. And I'm like, no. And then by the end, I'm like, woohoo! like that just, it brings humor yeah. into my day right away. That's, that's a really good point. Like the mental aspect of it just being like, so like, yeah. who does that? I, I actually want to start doing that because I, I feel like I have a very like similar sense of humor to you where it's like sardonic and just sarcastic. And I would totally like get a kick out of it if I did that. So that that's like a little bit motivating too, because I definitely hate the feeling of waking up and just sitting there and doing nothing mm-hmm. or being lazy. Um, I definitely don't touch my phone in bed anymore because that's, ooh, I mm-hmm. don't want to stay there. But there, yeah, like if I get up and I'm like just I don't know, feeling tired or lazy, maybe sometimes I'll lay down a little bit longer mm-hmm. than I would like, or I don't know, drag my way to the bathroom and start my morning off really slowly. So I'm going to actually low-key try that out mm-hmm. starting tomorrow. And we can <laughs> chat about that. Another, another little thing that I like to do sometimes if I don't want to do burpees is um, the, I don't know if you've ever seen Do the Right Thing. It's a film from no. the 80s or the 90s by Spike Lee. Anyways, the opening scene is just Rosie Perez dancing. And sometimes I'll just like put that on and dance with her, like follow her movements. And that is also super fun. I just want to start the day pretty fun. Okay. I think it sets the tone for sure. Like I noticed a Mm -hmm. distinct difference. Anything going back to the brainwave thing, definitely like my mental functioning when I take walks right in the beginning of my day and don't touch my phone versus the days where I wake up a little later, feel like I have to turn it on due to like the external demands as you Mm -hmm. 
as you said, and then I just am not able to take a walk. Today mm-hmm. was one of those days, like I haven't been able to go outside and I feel that sense of like, not stagnancy, but like yeah. constraint, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a little science moment, if you will. Love it. People who work out, they did studies on people who work out at 7 a.m., 1 p.m., and 7 p.m. And the people who work out at 7 a.m. have more energy throughout the day as well as sleep better at night. And so while I don't think, I don't always do my workout, like a full workout in the morning, but if I do my little burpees or I also have this like fire breathing thing that's like a little bit jumpy, a little bit of movement, I I can tell because it's been months now, I can tell the days that I don't have some sort of movement, like within an hour of waking up, I sleep worse. It's not like super worse, but I can feel the difference. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Yeah. I believe that too. I, I forgot that we're both just like two neuro majors sitting on this podcast talking about like productivity because I've read so many studies about that and I just don't know why. I feel like I feel like one, I also just don't wake up at seven. So that might be a thing. <laughs> but another thing is like, I just naturally have always enjoyed working out in the evenings. I don't know what it is. There's something about like the 6 to 7 p.m. time where I'm just like, all right, time to pull out my yoga mat, do some Pilates or hit cardio. I think it might just be like the fact that maybe I've finished everything I've needed to do for the day by then. So it's kind of like, all right, let's unwind. But there is a beauty to waking up early in the morning and like doing that sunrise yoga. Mm -hmm. I've done that a few times and it Mm -hmm. feels honestly, honestly amazing. So Well, I would just say one caveat that I think people, what you said, where it's like, you don't wake up at seven, like, I think everyone reads things and then takes it very literally. The way that I read things, and I think the way that has helped me move through this world in a way that feels great to me is I simply don't care what anyone else is saying. I'm going to take what you, you give me, and then I'm going to break it apart to the core message and then apply it to me. So it's like, I'm someone who likes to rise with the sun, but that's my nature. For me, when I hear 7 a.m., 1 p.m., whatever, it's like what they're really saying is people who wake up or it's whenever you wake up, you know, so whatever your 7 a.m. is. If you wake up at 11 a.m. doing a little bit of movement in that morning or in your morning Mm -hmm. is going to have the same effect, you know, it's not actually about the sun outside. It's about you. Yeah, I think it's about like the actual belief systems because it was it was Catherine Zanhina who's talking about this. She's known as Manifestation Babe. That's her brand. But she was like, there's mm-hmm. so much pressure from like society to be successful and productive. And we create these like illusions of what an ideal millionaire seven figure morning routine should be. And a lot mm-hmm. of them are like, yeah, I became a millionaire because I woke up at five every day or I woke up before the sun rose. And she was just talking about how when we take that and we instill it and make that our belief system, then of course, the only way we will be successful is by waking up at five. But who's to say that someone who wakes up at 10 a.m. every day can't do the same thing? And if you just like reframe it, that becomes your reality and your truth. So that's something really cool to think about, too, like stepping back from the results that scholarly journals show us, but like Mm -hmm. making it true for ourselves. Right. And it's it's very similar to uh, what we were saying earlier, where it's like, it's it's the outcome or whatever, like they're giving me hard metric. Yeah, you can just take the result and see where you can apply it and fit it into your own self. Totally. So you can leave the metrics behind, you know? Yeah, agreed. Because and I also think that like the the 
results in every scenario come based off of your own energy. So they could be attracted very differently and they could skyrocket in ways for you that just don't work for other people. So exactly, exactly. Cacao, now it's time for the seedling round where short questions lead to tasty answers. What is your relationship to fear? Man, okay, we're going deep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I think growing up, I would run away from it. And then now being in like this whole space where I'm working with people's mindsets, it's a lot of like, I obviously have to practice what I preach. So I'm becoming, I'm, I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm leaning into fear and I'm befriending fear because I'm realizing that running away and repressing it is just cause it's, it's the whole saying what you resist persists. It's not going anywhere the more I run from it. So just Mm -hmm. last week I was in a place where I was having all these intrusive thoughts about like, I don't know, my, my professional image. And as I grow people trying to like tear me down because that just happens. And Mm -hmm. I'm at a place now where I'm like, I acknowledge that that's a fear and it, it exists and I can't get rid of it. But the more I try and ignore that, that is a potential that could happen to me, the more it's gonna, I think, disrupt me and throw me off balance when it does happen not trying to manifest that but like yeah just leaning into it and befriending it and understanding that it doesn't have anything over me because it's created from my own ego what is the most common misunderstanding of manifestation I would say the most the most common misunderstanding is the fact that people think that you can sit down and write something 50 times and it'll come true And I always tell Mm. people it's not about the method. It is about the mindset. You can write something 50 times every single day for three years and it will not happen if your relationship with the result isn't in a healthy place for you to attract it into your life. Because you can Mm -hmm. internally be chasing that thing and then see all these methods on TikTok that talk about using like water cups or talk about scripting and it will never work for you. And then people think that manifestation doesn't work because their method didn't work. And I'm like, it's not about the method. It's about the mindset. So Mm-hmm. And what season are you in? Ooh, in my own life. I would say I'm in a place where I'm like, I'll say like mid-awakening. Like I'm in oh. a place where I feel like I have an understanding of who I am, but I can't say that I'm I have fully awakened to the way things work or who I am as a person because it's ever changing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the reason I say like mid-awakening is because I'm understanding that my story just isn't finished, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of aspects of myself that I'm learning to accept and a lot of wounds that I'm healing from the past. And I think that theme right there is a really good um, reflection of my book. So yeah. Cacao, that ends the seedling round. Yay. Yeah, that's very beautiful. That's an interesting, I like that mid-awakening. Two things I like to end on. What is your greatest ambition? I think what I really want to do in life, and I was thinking about this this morning, is just like I I want to make kids feel empowered to just pursue their purpose. Obviously, that's what I do as a mindset coach. But beyond that, I want to go into schools and I want to change the school system. Or if I can't change the school system or I can't reform education, I just want to talk to kids who are in schools and make them understand that they are more than their standardized grades or they're more than their GPAs and they have a purpose in the world and it might not be being a doctor or an engineer. That's like my greatest purpose, I think, in my life. I feel that. I'm sort of doing, I'm trying to do a similar thing uh, about work though. We should chat more. Yeah. Definitely. 
And then I like to end on what is the question of the week? Ooh. So I think a question that I actually saw today that I've never really seen before is what can you do this week that can make you feel more feminine? And I saw this uh, a journaling prompt in my friend's story. And I want to shout her out actually on Instagram because I don't want her to think I stole this from her. Her Instagram user is The Natural Being. Her name is Jasmine and she is a mindset coach. So yeah, she posted this journaling prompt today. What can I do for myself this week to feel more in my more in my feminine? That's that's it word for word. I've just never really thought about this question. I've never been asked this question. And so this is the question of the week for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for people who are listening to this, whether you're, you identify with as like a, a woman or a man or male or female, the masculine and feminine are just two energies and all of us have them. So I think even for people listening on this podcast who don't identify with like being a, a woman or being a female, being more in your feminine is just an, an another part of energy that exists and the duality that exists on this planet. So maybe just asking yourself, what are some things you can do? And the way that I see being more in your feminine, some actions you can do or things like getting in tune with your artistic side or singing or making a meal. They don't have to be traditional societal norms. They can just be parts of you that are a little bit more creative and artistic. So I think that's a question for me that really resonates because I feel like even writing poetry is me being in my feminine. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So where can people connect with you? So um, my Instagram is Nista Dubay, spelled N-I-S-T-H-A-D-U-B-E. My website is nistadubay.com. My TikTok is also Nista Dubay. And my podcast is Rising. So if you just type in Rising on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor, just go ahead and type in my name after. If you type in Rising Nista, it'll just pull up. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nista. This has been Thank you for having me. I really like this. Hey, hey. So that was my episode with Nista. Uh, What a dream, what a treat she is, really. I would say the biggest takeaway I got from this episode is just like, listen to your energy and understanding that energy is a wave. So you're going to have ebbs and flows where you want to be focused in one area versus another. And Yeah, I think we should all just get a little bit more acquainted with listening to ourselves and where our energy is flowing. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate, subscribe, and review. Share this with friends if you think that someone might get something good out of this conversation. And I know you do. Look, at I can see you. You're over here smiling. You had a great time. Please share this with friends. Thanks. I will see you next week.